If there's anybody out there right now that can feel that fire in your belly, that is your soul speaking, saying, do something. Those seven steps, if you even do three of them, you will experience something totally different from the inside out. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to our episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today's guest is Garen Jones. Garen is one of the world's leading transformational coaches, authors, and speakers. He is the pioneer of artist power, which focuses on tapping into your inner child to obtain genuine confidence, authenticity, and joy in your life. Garen's teaching reaches millions across the globe, including at his flagship Artist Power Retreat. His book, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life, is a bestseller, and Garen has been featured by Forbes, TEDx, Entrepreneur, and more. He was also the subject of the National Geographic documentary, Locked Up Abroad. Today on the show, Garen and I discuss seven steps you can take to completely reinvent yourself in just one year. Garen also shares his super inspiring story throughout this conversation and why these steps have been so meaningful in his transformation and so much more. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Garen Jones to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Garen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on, brother. We're reaching the end of 2023. 2024 is quickly approaching us. And I know you've drastically transformed your life. And there's a lot of people that are listening to this that are going through something challenging right now, or they may go through something challenging. And they're looking to make 2024 the best year ever. And so I'd love to get like the seven things that you would tell somebody to really focus on to transform their life in a year. But before we do that, I would love for you to talk about a little bit about your own story to provide some context. And I've heard you talk about that you had this moment in your life that was the rock bottom of your rock bottom. And I would love to know what that was, what your life was like, and then how did you proceed from there? So um, I love this topic. I feel like God put me on this earth so I could live this life, so I could share this topic and support so many other people. First and foremost, thank you for having me on. I'm just going to take y'all back for a little bit. 2011, I was roughly 220 something thousand dollars in debt. Typically, I forget the number. It ranges from 200 to 250. I don't remember. It was such a black, uh, a dark time. But roughly 220 thousand dollars in debt. I lived in my car for two and a half years. I was an ex-convict. My daughter pretty much disowned me because I couldn't get my life together. My girlfriend had broken up with me because I couldn't get my life together. My mom was dying in the hospital and all of this was happening at the same time. I, I can remember as clear as day, just yelling, I'm tired of fighting. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be surrounded by nothing but positive people. I just want to inspire people. I want to make a bunch of money, but I want the, the money to represent something that I passionately believe in that I would do for free. Just show me a sign. And then like a week later, there was a homeless guy at a gas station asking for money. And then he asked me for money, but he had a wad of money. I said, you have more money than me. And he said, change your mindset, change your life. And it was not the words, 
It was the energy behind the words that created like a conscious interrupt. It interrupted my entire life and made me think about all the lies that I tell myself. Well, is my life the way that it is because of how I've been thinking? Well, if I do something different, well, then my life will change. Well, since that moment, it's been 12 years. I've retired my mom. Uh, I have two several multi-million dollar companies, impacted millions of people all over the world, have an independent book called Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life, with no financial backing, it's sold close to 300,000 copies. Um, I've spoken in over 75 countries all over the world. And we're just getting started. And the reason why I share that is because I was in the lowest of the low. And I try to take my life twice, not realizing how much was in the tank of the magic of my life. I had no idea. But when I went through that, there were books that I read. There were people that I followed. There was a new crowd that I inserted myself into. And then I started experiencing life in a completely different way that was modeled for me when I was growing up. And now we are here fully embodied, fully expressed, being myself without trying to impress anyone else. I can honestly say my life is very fruitful. And before I go to bed at night, there's no voices. It's calm and it's peaceful, and that's living my version of success. Congrats on all of that, man, and what you've achieved is, is very inspiring. And I think this really sets us up beautifully to get into these like seven things because there's a lot of people that are listening to this are like, all right, like Garen just explained how he was in like the complete depths of despair, had nothing going for him in his life, and then now he's achieved all these things. How can I take parts of Garen's story and what he's done and apply it to my life so that this coming year can be my best year yet. Or if, you know, a couple of years down the road, something happens where they're, somebody's forced to make a decision in the depths of despair to change their life. Like what are some things that we should focus on? So I guess in no particular order, I would love to just know, like if you were looking back now, it's been 12 years and you were to pick out like the seven things, I guess just we can go in depth on each one. Like starting with number one, like what do you think comes to mind is like the most important thing that somebody should focus on if they're looking to do what you did, um, given what you know? Well, one is always going to be awareness. Awareness is going to always come first because you can't change what you're not aware of. And so many people are living in denial and they deny that they're an alcoholic. They deny that they have a porn addiction. They, they deny and then they overcompensate and then try to dance around the fire instead of being like, yo, I have an addiction. I lie a lot. I cheated on every woman I ever had. So getting real with yourself and taking self-responsibility, being aware. And if you're not aware, ask somebody for feedback in your life that won't bullshit you and be like, hey, what am I missing in my life? What am I doing wrong? What can I do better? What can you see that I can't see? And then be willing to take whatever they give you. And so I think that awareness, being aware of whatever is going on in your situation, that's the first step. That's number one. Okay. Number two. Now, before we get into number two, like why was awareness big in your story and your transformation? We're habitual creatures by nature. And I have this saying that says adults are deteriorated children. 
And most people forgot the things that brought them joy, that made them happy. And they forgot taking on what dad wanted them to do or mom or trying to impress or trying to make daddy proud or something like that. Not even realizing that they're leaving a major portion of themselves that creates all the magic. So when you aren't aware that there's so many stories and maybe some trauma or maybe some stuck energy that's coded in by the little kid inside of you, well, then everything that you focus on on, on the surface of your life is like plucking a weed from the top. You've got to pluck a weed from the root. And so awareness at least you at least gets you started in wanting to discover why you're so angry or why you you're aggressive or why you you know why physical, mental and spiritual abuse is happening and it's not a very it's not an easy conversation but what's difficult is living a life with all of your music still inside of you and you could have actually done something about it. They don't teach this in school. They don't teach this this in college. This is like life school that learning more about who you are, why you are, what makes you tick, what makes you happy, what makes you sad. You being a self-aware person allows you to move through life, living and not just existing. So for me, I didn't even know that I was just floating through life. Next thing you know, 10 years goes by and I'm like, yo, oh my God, I can't believe how much time went by. Well, that's typically what happens when you're not aware and you're not living an intentional life. Awareness is is so important. And then I guess from here, let's get into number two. So what is another thing that people should keep in mind when when they're looking to completely transform their life? And then I guess on the, the back end of that, like why, why has this principle been important to you as well? Yeah. The next one is acceptance accepting what is and not blowing over not brushing over it's 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 the, the denial thing again there's so many people that are suffering suffering in the world because they're in denial and they're not accepting what's actually there accepting that they're sad or depressed or anything so they numb it with alcohol and porn and you know, all kind of addictions and drugs cocaine overworking, money, candy, food, you name it. It's like a, it, all these are trillion dollars industries because they're preying off of people who are suffering. To not accept what this actually is or what you discover about yourself, it's difficult to move forward. It's like a monopoly game. You do not pass go. So it's difficult to move forward until you accept. So allow yourself to feel the anger, the rage, the sadness, and not deny the sadness. Not you gotta, it's really, we're a sensory being. So allowing yourself to process those emotions, that comes through the, the field of acceptance. I accept that I'm sad today. Like three days ago, I was sad. And they're like, how could you be sad? You got all, no, no, no. Like I'm still having a human experience. And I get to have my feelings. So I allowed myself to be sad and cry and lay on the ground and do what I do. And then I said, I negotiated with myself. How long do I want to stay like this? I got two daughters. I got a daughter who's 21. I got a daughter who's almost two. I got a wife and I got two rock, rocking businesses that need my attention right now. How long do I want to stay in this sadness? Give me another hour. 
being able to accept what is allows you to move forward in life and not drag your past and not drag all of these unnecessary things into your future. For me, why this principle was so important, because I just wouldn't accept it. That I slept around with all these women because I didn't, and I knew I had an issue with my mom loving me. And she loved me the best way she could, but I thought that she didn't love me. So I was seeking love in all of these women, trying to fulfill something that I can only give to myself. So I accepted the fact that I was addicted, that I had an addiction to fill a hole that only I could fill myself. And once I accepted that, then my body started processing the guilt and shame for all the women that I slept with and all of the, just the ways in which I took advantage of people. And then, you know, I was, I was going through a black cloud of my life. So I was totally unaware, but then there were people that I hurt. So I got to accept that I hurt people. I got to accept, you know, I didn't love myself. I got to accept that, you know, my mom did the best she could with what she knew instead of trying to make her out to be this perfect parent, which I've never met one. And, you know, they, they don't give a parent, parents a blueprint on how to raise kids. So acceptance is number two. I love that you brought up acceptance because, you know, when I talk about people always ask me like, hey, how do I get out of a rut? I think one of the biggest steps is acceptance because I think what can happen is, and you kind of like touched on this too, is that when you go through, when, especially when you're on the personal development journey and you're like looking to better yourself and you fall into like anxiety, depression, stress, life happens, you, you fall into this shame cycle and you're like, you know, why am I feeling this way? Why is this happening to me? I'm supposed to be getting better. And then you're like, does anybody else feel this way? And then you can become trapped in that cycle and it perpetuates. And then over time, now that hour, like you talked about, you know, little rut that you had to have acceptance over turns into a weak rut and they've lost another week of their life where they could have been moving forward doing something else. So I think it's, it was so important to touch on that. Before we get into number three, I'd love to know your thoughts on like, like what are some things that, that you would, would advise somebody to, to do if they're like, caught in that shame cycle where they're trying to accept a part of their life in that moment that is very challenging and they know that they need to move forward, but but shame and feeling sorry for themselves is, is holding them back. Well, I'll tell you, the way that I learned is through community. I, I, I sought out community that was living in a direction that I needed in my life. Powerful, goal-driven, um, was looking for like retreats and seminars and I didn't have any money at that time. So I went to like free seminars, anything that was in the direction of what I wanted in my life and flowers that grow together grow much faster than they do by myself. I didn't see a lot of people complaining and all that other stuff, but I saw people living on purpose for a purpose. Those type of people kind of work through those things. And so you could always ask, like, hey, I'm I'm going through this. How did you, have you ever been through this? How did you handle it? So just by being in the right community, you know, it doesn't even have to be a physical community. It can be a, a, a social media community. Before my wife and I moved to Austin, 
I looked out 15 different groups in Austin, like musicians in Austin, African-Americans in Austin, eclectic Austinites, you know, people who sell things in Austin. I was a part of 15 different groups. I'm like, hey, me and my wife are moving to Austin. Is there any meetups around here? So there's always this thing. So by the time I went to parties, they're like, oh, hey, I saw you inside of this group. So the power of the group, the dynamics of groupthink, a mastermind, the spirit of harmony, has the ability to uproot, support you in uprooting negativity, providing they are a positive community, some traumas, providing that, you know, that these people are like self-aware people. But that is the way in which I did it. I'm sure there's so many other ways. I just think the low-hanging fruit and the easiest, most digestible, practical way is find a positive goal-driven community, either online or in person, and then start doing as they do. That's why they say you're the five closest people that you surround yourself around. But when, before I found the community, I was the kind of person that was like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it myself. I got it. But the last time I checked, I've never seen a fifth grader teach themselves how to get out of fifth grade. Yeah, you got to create a new normal for yourself. And I think that our environments can create this false sense of normalcy, where if all your, if all the people in your life, they're, they're negative and they're complaining and they're not goal oriented and they're, you know, doing things that you know that you shouldn't be doing, like you're going to think that's normal because that's what's around you. And then I like, think when you jump into these new communities that are more goal oriented and focusing on like making a difference in, in their own lives and the lives of others and, and like being a better person and all of that you begin to realize like, wow, that wasn't normal. And I'm so glad that I found this new community that is essentially like, you know, raising my frequency and, and making, making me a better person. And that becomes your, your new normal. So would you say that that, I know we're going to get into seven of these. We're on, we're getting into number three now. Would you just, would you say that we could just say that that's the third one is the importance of community? It, it's one of them, but it was probably going to be like five or six. So what would you say is number three? Well, number three is have a vision it's it's like a vision because you can't you can't hit a target that you don't have so you, if you're in a spot like say for instance you're lost in the road and you got a car first thing you do you might want to put an address in the gps system and it can give you five different ways to get there well you have a mental gps system so typically when people are lost they stay stuck in their stories oh it's never going to happen it's so difficult you cannot hit a target you don't have. So when you have a vision for your life, what is it that you want? Well, I don't know my vision. Well, sit down long enough away from social media and all these other things, the weapons of mass distraction, and ask yourself, what am I here for? What is it that I'm called to do? And when some answers start dropping inside of you, providing you're still enough, I suggest you write that down. So getting clear. On what your mission, vision, and your purpose is, is like a blueprint. It's like a builder having a blueprint for a house. They're not, not, they're not going to just start building a house. They're going to like really scope the land, like do market research. And based off the lot, they're going to have this blueprint of the house that they're going to build in the future. So having a vision is the blueprint to your future. So once you have a vision, and this, this was the thing, I saw myself speaking on stage while I was living in my car. 
I said, one day it's going to happen. So I wasn't living in my car going, oh, oh my God, life is so fucking hard. Oh, it's never going to happen. I always had a vision. I saw myself on stages, 50,000, 20,000 people. I saw myself making a massive impact in millions of people in the world. I didn't know how when I was little, but I always knew, I was like, for some reason, I feel like I'm supposed to be inspiring the masses and, and like really impacting people. So I maintained that vision while I was living in my car. While I was living in my storage unit, because it had good lighting, I had 125 videos out and a YouTube series called The Storage. And meanwhile, I meet some other people. They're like, oh, you don't understand. I don't have any money. And when is it? I'm just waiting for it to happen. No, you don't, this, you don't wait for it to happen. What you do is you show the universe that you're actually, there's nothing that's going to stop you from doing what you feel called to do, providing you have a vision. My life did not look like the stuff that was information that was coming out of me. But I believed every single word. And people were like, oh, you're inspiring me so much. And I'm like, living in my car. I'm like, you can do it. Just believe. You can do it. Just believe. But I was ultimately talking to myself. Garen, you can do it. Just believe. So having that vision gives you a scope into the possibility that will pull you into the future. And without a vision, you'll live as a recreation of your past. Like maybe at the beginning of having this vision and, and and really just shouting these affirmations of what you wanted to be, did you ever struggle with like cognitive dissonance where you would say these things and you would look at your life and you're like, well, I want all these things, but reality is my life is like, it's pretty bad right now. Cause I think sometimes people, especially like with affirmations, it, they can be challenging for people because they're like, oh, like I want this, I want that. I feel this, I feel that, but their life, it just doesn't reflect that otherwise. So did you ever struggle with that? Yeah, I, I, I struggled big time when I was trying to do it by myself. When I was by myself, that was, that was hard. But when I found a community and I heard what they were talking about and I saw how they were living their life, just the vibration, the frequency in the community, you drop a seed, you're like a seed. You drop a seed in the right soil, it will get the proper growth. So having, you know, I understand music at a very high level. Somebody can play one note off key when you're playing um, music on the piano. But then most people would be like, oh, that's a bad note. And it throws the whole song off. But there's a highly trained musical people understand that there's no such thing as a bad note. It's just surrounded by the wrong combination of notes. So you can have, oh, I have a bad life. It's a hard life. No, no, no. There's actually no such thing. You're just surrounded around the wrong people, the wrong combination of people, the wrong combination of community. And if you get around the right people, the right energy, the right community with the same thing that you're going through, man, that shit will uplift so fast because it's designed. That's the laws of nature. That's how nature works. And I know we're going to dive more into community in, in a little bit because I know that's one of the like the later things you're, you're going to recommend to people. To, to really transform their lives. But I'd love to get into number four. And just to recap, number one is the importance of awareness. Number two, acceptance. Number three, vision. Garen, what's number four? Create slash build. 
you get to creating. Once you have a vision, you start learning about your craft and and not relying on your talent, but focusing on being skilled and you start creating. Oh, I don't have any money. Well, your energy is worth more than your money. You do what you can, where you are, with what you have. And if you can do, well, I don't have a major studio for my for, for my podcast. All right, well, some of the best podcasts were shot on an iPhone. The one that you're on right now, complaining. So it's like, start where you are with what you have and do what you can and do the most that you can. And when you start creating, you active, you activate the laws that created all of humanity. So why would you not want to use that power? And the moment you start actively creating, you start stimulating your energy body, which lives in and outside of you. So if you're bored and in a rut and you're stuck, I guarantee you, you're not creating anything. You're not coming up with new ideas. But if you're intentively providing you have a vision and you've done the other steps before, and you sit down and you start creating and coming up with ideas. You've got to get the puzzle pieces out of the box first before you can put them together. You'll start stimulating, stimulating the little kid inside of you, your future, your higher self, and it'll be all in alignment because you're, you're, you're literally using all parts. So starting to create, starting to build, and doing the best that you can will activate you in an embodied way that in itself will raise your vibration just by actively creating and working towards the mark or building one step further towards whatever it is, whatever your vision is, and building something towards that. When I started doing that, I'm like, oh, where are all these people coming from? Why do I feel better? Why is my health better? It's because a different version of me was approaching life. And the same thing that's inside of you is the same thing that's inside of what makes the flowers grow. So why not use it? I know a big part of vision, creating, building, some people might call the marriage of those two things manifesting. A lot of that comes down to purpose, mission, meaning. And I feel like sometimes people, they think that they can just like read a book or listen to a podcast or whatever and just find their purpose or they're going to write something down and find their purpose. And I don't believe that to be necessarily true. What are your thoughts on purpose? And if somebody's listening to this and they're like, all right, I got the importance of vision, creating and building off of that, but how do I create a vision? Like, how do I find like what I actually want in life? Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> uh, here's how I found mine. I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew I wanted to inspire people, whatever. Next thing you know, I'm in the lowest of the lows. I hear Rihanna's song on the radio. We out here living a lie. We out here living a lie. And I knew that I was living a lie because everything that everybody outside of me thought they knew of me was just a lot of made up stuff so that they couldn't really experience the real me. I was living a lie. And then I went on social media and I did a post and it was the most vulnerable. I was like naked, the most vulnerable post I'd ever done. And I said, you think you know me? You have no idea. 
you know this, 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 and this. But what you don't know is right now I'm living in my car. Right now I'm hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. I've tried to take my life twice. Right now I'm this. I've cheated on every girlfriend I ever had. And I just shared everything that no one knew about me. I just shared it all. And that was the scariest moment of my life because of what will people think of me? And this is on social media, so it's for the world to see. The first message I got from someone was, thank you for your strength. After I read your testimony, I put the gun down. And I was like, wait, what? Fifth message. Somebody shared with me your testimony. I was on my way to drive my car off a bridge. Thank you for your strength. And I was like, wait, my story saved somebody's life? And it was in that moment, my vision, my, 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 my purpose was birth to be the voice of the voiceless or the parts of you that you haven't yet given a voice. And the way that I get into the hearts of millions is by sharing my vulnerable story, the type of stuff that people don't talk about. They hide, they justify, they put on a mask. They make million do millions of dollars of companies and they do really, really, really well. But the scared little boy is afraid to like reveal who they really are. And so I pretty much call everybody's bluff by living my truth. So I'm like an acquired taste. Either when we're in conversation, you'll just meet yourself because I, I, I don't deal with fake too much or you'll not just want to be in conversation with me. But that is what God brought me to this earth to be, is somebody who's living authentic, raw, real, and expressed. And it creates a space for people to have a permission slip inside of their own body to feel free enough to be themselves and not be judged. So that's how I discovered mine. I never would have thought in a million years that would have been it. So you could have brushed across your purpose millions of times and not even realize it. I guess as an extension of that, I don't know where this fits into the seven things, but you, you, you talked about something that I think is so important. Number one, it's the importance of vulnerability and just putting yourself out there and, and just sharing authentically, because I do believe that vulnerability obviously can lead to a lot of connection. And I think on the other side of that, a lot of times what people have a hard time doing is three is these three words. I need help. Asking for help, right? Where, where do you see that fitting into like the importance of... That's actually one of the points. Okay. So that, is, that, is that number... Would you say that's number five? Uh, yeah. Because once you start creating and building, now it's time to ask. Now here's the difference. There's a difference between help and support. Mm. Support are the bolts and chains that literally support a bridge to go from one place to another. There's strength inside of that. Help is associated with weakness because of what how we've been brainwashed as little kids. Oh, Superman, help me, help me. So even as men, men don't like to ask for help. They're like, oh, no, I got it, I got it, I got it. And wonder why the suicide rate is like out of here crazy because men don't even like to ask for help with humans at large. They're, they, they shy away from asking for help. Now, ixnay all that. Never ask for help. Ask for support. I would love your support with 
dot, dot, dot. Because here's the thing. The oldest law that will never change. You know, governments be passing all kind of crazy laws and everything. Seatbelt laws change. The one law that has never changed is the law of nature. You drop a seed into the ground, proper water and sunlight, boom. And then flower grows, turns in the stem, and then it, then, and then it starts fruiting. And then those inside of those fruit is seeds, and they just keep going on and so forth. So the laws of nat nature does not change. So I say that to say this. Nature is giving and receiving simultaneously. That's how it works. If one of those cuts off, you literally create, it's like creating a dam. So uh, like a dam that collects and collects and collects and the things that's supposed to flow through doesn't pass through. If they're not supposed to, even when you're breathing, you're going, and there's a circular motion. That is part of nature. Now, when you don't ask for support, you deny the opportunity for someone else to be a cheerful giver, giving and receiving and giving and receiving. So you can literally initiate the laws of nature by you asking for support. And nature always comes back around. It is grounded. It is strong. It is durable. It always replenishes itself. It always duplicates. Just look at the trees. So by you, you just don't probably realize the value of asking for support. So by you being the face of nature, anyone that plugs themselves into nature benefits from nature's resources. And nature is always fruitful. And the fruits of your life is the abundance frequency. It's the abundance frequency codes. And when you don't understand that, you try to hoard your money and hoard this and hold on to this and you can't even hold your breath. The water that you drank, you cannot hold it. It's got to come out. We're created to be givers. So by you initiating the laws of nature, I'm asking for support. All of a sudden it's, I'm giving support and then you're receiving support and then so on and so forth. That right there is the same muscle that is needed when understanding the exchange, the energetic exchange of money. This is why a lot of people are broke in the world because they don't understand how money actually works. It's a currency, current, it's, it's, a, it's, it's energy. So understand the flow of energy Easily you'll understand the flow of money because money, money is energy. The exchange is energy. I want to take a couple steps back from that in that I think some of the limiting beliefs people have when they're like in the midst of adversity, like I'm talking about like the, the person who's addicted to drugs or whatever that's on the couch, can't move. They know they need help, but they're afraid to ask because they're like, what is this person going to think of me? I don't want to be a burden. They're too busy. You know, what's the what's the point of making a change? I'm still going to repeat the same patterns. Whatever the limiting belief is, I know you've been in times of darkness very similar to that. What were some of the things that that helped you where I'm sure in, in, in many ways you were scared to like ask for help or ask for help, ask for support, whatever the case was. Like what's a what's a small win that somebody can can try to go after in a situation like that? Honestly, bro, the only way out is through. It's one of those things, it's not like, 
hey, it's like a shining light is just going to come. It's one of those things. Either you small, you fall on your face and wake up, or you learn long before I did. I had to go to prison for two and a half years to wake up. You know, I got to fall on my face and be like, oh my God. So what I did was like, man, my boy, Chris, Chris, man, I'm struggling. It's like, is there, do you have any ideas? Is there anything that you can, you, you can support me with? Like, I, I have no money. I have nowhere to live. He said, man, come over to my house every day this week. I went over to his house every day. He said, go on Craigslist. And he said, write on a piece of paper, 10 things you're good at and 10 things you love to do. And I want you to go on Craigslist and I want you to look for anything that's in the realm of what you're good at and what you love to do. So I was applying every single day, applying, applying, applying. I'm good at motivating people. I'm great with children. I can wash cars. I love singing. Do you know I found a job doing singing telegrams and I'd show up to somebody's house for $75 and sing them happy birthday. And I was like, man, but I don't, it's like, it's how can I get smarter? So I started doing singing telegrams on YouTube for 50 bucks. So instead of traveling and going here, I'm like, yo. So I really got really smart. And so I was making money for food and all that kind of things. And then I was like, I'm really good at motivating people. I love motivating people. My friend goes, man, go over to Runyon Canyon and and go start working out with people. And so I did. And literally within a month and a half, there was like 90 something people working out. I was motivating them. And they were like, oh my God. And all these people were going home to their homes. I was going home to my car, but I felt so good doing something that I was good at and that I loved to do. It was just something about it. It's like almost that I forgot that I was depressed and unhappy. Do you know that the next opportunity that I got was to be a part of a health and wellness company? And you know how they attracted people? I'm like, how do you attract people? They're like, oh, we do these free workouts and we motivate them. I'm like, I'm already doing that. So basically, I started making money with clients, helping them with their health and nutrition, doing what I was already doing. So that in itself, you look for something that you're good at, something that you love, and then find any way to figure out that trade. Because inside of there, you'll be simulating your heart. So you just, it'll lessen the blow to the life you're living right now. And all you need is one little small win. Love it, man. I could just sit here and listen to you all day. I'm feeling like motivated just, just listening to you. And I think the audience is going to get so much value out of this out of this conversation. So we've covered five. We've covered awareness, acceptance, vision, create slash build, and the importance of, of support. What would you say is number six? <laughs> this is my favorite. Bruce Lee, be like water. We have 75% water in our body. 75% water in the world, not a coincidence. So there's a good chance to say that we're probably more water than we are solid. So when you understand how to be committed to the process 
and unattached to the outcome. The water is flowing down the river and all of a sudden there's a big boulder. And you're like, oh my God, it's a boulder. I can't do what I'm designed to do. No, it shapes and it shifts itself to move around the boulder only to go and keep doing the same thing. So us as water, when big challenges and mountains of triumphs come, it's like, oh my God, this challenge. Oh my, no, you shape and shift and figure out a way to get around the hurdle and stay on your vision that you created. So if you can be more like water, you will live a way less stressful life because you won't be attached. You won't have these attachments that it could turn out being way better. When I was 13 years old, I had a vision of retiring my mom, winning five Grammys, and walking with her on the red carpet. And it was so clear. Music, five Grammys, walking on the red carpet. When I received my Grammy as my mom is walking on stage with me, I retire her. In 2011, I quit the music business, but I still had the vision. And that was a big journey and struggle. And I'm living in my car and it was very difficult. But I was like, for some reason, I still feel like I'm gonna win five Grammys, walk on the red carpet, and be and 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 retire my mom. In that health and wellness company, I ended up being one of the top 250 wellness entrepreneurs. And at the end of the year, they take and give two percent of the company's earnings, and this is an eight billion dollar company, away to those top 250 coaches. And I said, so they're giving me a call. I said, where is it being hosted? They said in the same place where they host the Grammys. And this is years after I left the music industry. Do you know that I won five awards at that event? And then that, next thing you know, I'm going to go get my last award and I'm walking with my mom on the red carpet. And I was like, oh shit, I seen it. And then we get to the end of the red carpet and I said, mom, call your boss and tell him you're not going back to work. He's like, what? I said, mom, I'm retiring you. I was like water. It's I was supposed to do it by the time I was 25. It happened when I was 35. Now I'm 44. And so me being like water, being unattached to the outcome and allowing myself to, to go where the vision wanted to take me, I was even though I was unconscious, the vision was taking me around an obstacle. It was a hundred times better. The way that I got it, the awards that I got, the amount of people that were impacted, 100 times better at the age that it was. So when you allow yourself to be committed to the process and unattached to the outcome and move with your vision, it might have you doing something way different than you thought it was, but it, the feeling's going to be the same. I love that it all came full circle for you. What I, what I would like to know is that it's definitely obviously important to focus on the on the journey and embrace that and not get hyper attached to the outcomes. I think people they sometimes they they have this vision of what they want their life to look like 
And because they're not seeing outcomes or because they have some sort of course correct, they might question themselves and say, well, is my vision like the right thing? Am I even aiming at the right target? How can somebody like blend those two things where they're still, they're not like being hyper-focused on the outcomes, but they're also trying to make sure that they're doing the right thing? George Michael, 1985, put out a song called Faith. Gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. I gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. Baby, I know you're asking me to stay. If you do not believe, so needing a physical animate object in order for you to believe says, I don't believe. And so I think it's really important to understand, since we're on this topic of nature, how nature actually works. If you're planting a tree, So when you plant the tree, you think the stems just rise first? No, it's building its root system underneath the ground first. And according to the size of the tree determines how deep the root system that is creating an entire network underground that you can't see is actually taking place. So a lot of times people have this big dream And then they'll work towards it for one year. But they got a big dream. The big dream is the fruitful forest. You planted a seed a year ago. You're like, man, maybe this is not it. No, you've lost faith of how this actually works. Seven years. Every day I post it. One day it's going to happen. One day it's going to, I know it's going to happen. I know it. I can feel it. I know it. I know it. Even when other people doubt it, they're like, yeah, man, it's never going to happen for you. I know it's going to happen. Doubt me. Okay, cool. I know it's going to happen. And then when it happened, I'm on the stage with some major celebrities. They're like, yo, who is that Garen guy? Where did he come from? And now I've spoken in over 75 countries. They were like, well, what does it feel like? Yo, I've seen this shit. Long time ago, I've been rehearsing it in my mind. I saw it long before I phys- the, the physical evidence. If you do not have faith, it's like throwing pesticides on the future possibilities of your life. So which kind of gardener you want to be? You want to live in the possibility or the short-term pleasure? And so that, that's it. It's, it's the only way I know how to function is to believe in myself and believe in what it is that I want to do. And if you don't have it, sometimes the universe can test you in the ways in which you have failed your entire life. So if you have always struggled with patience and you got this burning desire for something and you know that it's going to inspire a lot of people, but you've struggled with patience your whole life, well, guess what? Your doorway is going to be through patience. And until you learn and become the kind of person that is patient, you do not pass go because it needs a different version of you at the next level, not the same version of you. And oftentimes the only way to get your attention is through what's connected to your heart. So you get triggered every time you're impatient, cool. On the other side of the doorway of your patience, is the thing that you actually want, typically. 
this conversation's awesome, man. And I'm like I've said, I'm fired up listening to it. And the audience is is going to get so much value out of this. To recap, the six are number one is awareness, two is acceptance, three is vision, four is create slash build, five is support, and six is to trust the process and to to be like water. They say we save the best for last. What's number seven? What's the seventh thing that you believe people must do if they're looking to transform their lives? Seven is community. And we I, I spoke about it before, but there's something beautiful. There's this, uh, it's like an Asian, it's like this Asian culture. And everybody in the community lives to be like 103, 104, 105 years old. Like literally everybody. Everybody in the community. And so they sent scientists over there to see what they were doing. They all had meaningful living. They all had a very similar diet. There's a root, uh, a berry that, that, that was a part of their tea, part of their foods, and it's called schizandra berry. So they were all eating tons of schizandra. So everybody that goes to the community is benefiting from the vibration in the community and what the community is doing. So this is what happens when you hang out with a bunch of negative people that aren't going anywhere, that are bagging on people, ripping them down, tearing them down. You become the cycle of sin. So when you take all of these pillars, by the way, I call this the strategy through the, through the storm. Through any storm you're in, you apply, you apply these things, you will 100% get out. Yeah, it's called the strategy through the storm. But in the right community, it's very similar to the right soil. I had a whole bamboo fence and everything, bamboo trees in, in, a, in a, a bamboo garden in my home in Los Angeles. It would not grow. And it's not the, the whole saying that, oh man, after a while, after a while, then it'll shoot up. Shoot up. A gardener came over and said, you have the wrong soil. He replaced the soil. And within a week, I started seeing the growth of the bamboo that everybody else was telling me, well, this is how bamboos are. No, they're fucking dried out. They're not supposed to do that. It was the wrong soil. So we got different kind of soil and we put water in there at, at different times. And from there, it taught me the difference between good soil and bad soil. You plant any seed in the right soil, it will get the proper growth. So you are a seed. So you find the right community, you will have the proper growth, providing you are in purpose, on purpose, for a purpose with these other pillars that I shared with you. That's an excellent place for us to, to leave this, Garen, because we talked about the importance of community throughout the conversation, throughout what we've talked throughout the def the seven tips that you shared as far as what somebody must do to transform their life. And it's definitely a very powerful thing that if people can implement that into their lives, their lives will dramatically change. So I wanted to, to thank you for coming on here, for sharing your heart, for being vulnerable, for, um, and for, for sharing your heart and for being vulnerable. Congrats, man, on everything that you've achieved personally and professionally. Thank you so much. And I really, I just want to honor you for just being brave enough to create a platform where stories like mine can be seen and 
heard and felt. And, you know, I just wanted to share with people, you know, the work that, that, that Doug and I are doing is ultimately just creating a space for people to have hope and possibility. And if there's anybody out there right now that can feel that fire in your belly, that is your soul speaking, saying, do something. Those seven steps, if you even do three of them, you will experience something totally different from the inside out. You know, I don't want to get all biblical on everybody, but inside of there is the most powerful statement. As above, so below. As within, so without. You get nothing from the Bible. As above, so below. As within, so without. So the outside is a physical manifestation of what's going on inside. Life's not happening to you. It's responding to you. Make it work for you. I just want to close with that and then also share that, you know, if there's anybody that that is wanting to go deeper like that, I've run very powerful retreats. They're called Awaken the Artist Within. And the artist is the little kid who remembers. And we go over all these things that we spoke about. Amazing, man. Thank you so much for sharing all that. If people do want to connect with you to learn more about like your retreats and they want to maybe connect with you on social media, if they want to buy your book, like where's the best place to do all that? Well, you can get my book, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life. I got the the audio book and the paperback on Amazon uh, and iTunes. You can find that there. You can go to my website, garenjones.com, or you can go to Instagram, garen.jones. Amazing, man. Well, I'll be sure to link that stuff in the show notes. Thanks again for coming on. The audience, like I've said, is going to get a ton of value out of our conversation. Thank you so much, brother. And thank you for having me. You got it.